You are listening to Pastor Don Cherry from Shenandoah Valley Baptist Church, recorded on January 17, 2021. For more information about our church, you can visit our website, svbcfamily.com, or you can find us on all things social at svbcfamily. So if you're in Mark's Gospel this morning, there in chapter 1, Verse 21, you'll notice, and they went into Capernaum. So it gave you kind of an idea of where Jesus was speaking from. And all you might have noticed at the very front of the um, video that it said the town of Jesus. And all the reference to that is the fact that Capernaum was kind of his Galilee headquarters, if you want to put it that way. And all it was the home of Peter and Andrew, who were fishermen, and all and much of Jesus' uh, Galilee ministry. Uh, worked uh, kind of out of there. It would be a place that they would retreat for times of rest and relaxation and everything. So this was an area that um, that Jesus obviously knew quite well. And then you might have also noticed um, it said of the um, synagogue that it was a fourth or fifth century synagogue, and all. And that is true. And everything that synagogue was built over the ruins of the original synagogue that were there, the one that Jesus would have been in. And everything. So the Romans rebuilt over that and such, and that was the synagogue that you saw there. So uh, again, mentioned that Capernaum is a, fish, um, a fishing village, and how apropos that would be that he would call Andrew and, uh, and Simon and such, come, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. This is something they could understand and all grasping and catching men for the kingdom of God. So let's move on in verse 21, and straightway on the Sabbath day. Now, I want you to kind of keep that in mind, okay? If you want to underline that, because we're going to deal with the Sabbath here when we get toward the end of our passage. But he entered into the synagogue, and he taught. Now, you might look at that and say, okay, what was the big deal about that? Well, that was something typical that visiting rabbis would do when they came to a synagogue. And all that if a visiting rabbi were to come in, uh, the others would step aside and allow him to come and read the scripture and teach from that. Just kind of a, I guess you could say, a cursory thing that they did. So this is what Jesus was doing here in Capernaum in the synagogue that he taught. And notice they were astonished at his doctrine. For he taught them as one that had authority and not as the scribes. What we're going to see in this passage is the authority of Jesus Christ. All right, his authority both over the physical realm and over the spiritual realm. And we're going to get an example of each of those as we go through this passage. But this authority is what Jesus uh, um, communicated to his disciples upon his ascension. Remember in Matthew chapter 28 and all when he said, All power or all authority is given unto me in heaven and earth. And that all authority can uh, involve over everything, both the physical realm and the spiritual realm. And again, like I said, we're going to see this as we go through this passage. They were astonished at his doctrine because he didn't teach like one of the scribes did. Basically, the scribes were those who were responsible for the recording of the law. They were responsible for the keeping of those scrolls to make sure nothing happened to them and such. So usually in a synagogue, a scribe would just kind of maybe open the scroll. He would read from that. And that was about all there was, okay? Nothing else was going on whatsoever. And so here Jesus comes, and man, he's te- this is something different, 
okay? They hadn't seen this before. I'm going to touch on that here in just a moment when we get into the next couple of verses. So please keep that in mind as we move on down. Now, notice there in the synagogue. There was in the synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, okay, this is a demon. This is the man who was demon-possessed, all right? Demon possession was kind of big, you know, see back there. In our Sunday school class, we looked at, you know, where some of these demons might have come from, you know, prior to or right after the flood and all. And we, we, we know that there is a reality in that because we see the evil of it. People would like to pass off evil and say, you know, evil is just a, a result of environment. But yet, you know, the Bible tells us that man, man, man chose to sin. Okay, and that by one man centered into the world and death by sin, so death passed on all men because all have sinned. Folks, we're sinners. Our society today doesn't like to use those types of words and would, would say, well, you know, a, a person's not really that bad if they just had better circumstances, if they just had a better environment, if they just had better teaching, if they just had a better job and everything, then man, because the concept is, is that man is naturally good. But yet, Scripture teaches, no, man is not naturally good. Man is inclined to disobey. Man is inclined to go against God. You know, and we see that all the way back in the garden, you see. And if man is inherently good, then why have we seen a growth and increase in evil as society goes on? You think we would have conquered those things. But listen, it's man's nature. Our nature is to sin, okay? That's it, listen. That's just a normal thing to do, isn't it? That's a natural thing to do, okay? It's not a natural thing to follow God. It's a natural thing to sin, you see. But that's what the new birth does, and everything gives us a new nature where we can follow God, and we can be in fellowship with Him. So here's this unclean spirit, and he cried out. Now, please just take note, because oftentimes this goes overlooked. And here's what the unclean spirit said. Let us alone. What have we to do with thee, Jesus of Nazareth? Are you come to destroy us? I know you, who you are, the Holy One of God. Now, did you see a kind of a going back and forth there? It went from singular to plural, didn't it? From singular to plural. Well, of course, if you follow the other Gospels and everything, this is the account with Legion, okay? And remember, Legion was the name of a bunch, right? Okay, it was many that were inhabiting this one man under a singular name of Legion. And this is why you see going from I to us, okay? So that we understand what's going on there. So he said, look, I know who you are. You are the Holy One of God. The Bible says that, you know, even the spirit world knows of Jesus. The demonic world knows of Jesus and everything. As a matter of fact, they shake at the very name of him. They tremble, you see. Why? Because they know who he is. They know who he is. The Holy One, the Son of God, and God the Son. But now look here. This is kind of odd. And Jesus rebuked him, saying... I'm going to put it in vernacular, okay? Shut up and get out. That's exactly what he said, okay? Isn't it? Read there. said, hold your peace, come out of him. You know, it's just easier to say, shut up, get out. That's what he did. Because remember, how can Jesus say that? All authority is given unto me. He has authority over the physical world. He has authority over the spirit world. 
I'm going to deal with that, you know, why Jesus rebuked him as we get to uh, further along in this passage. Now notice, I want you to shut up. I want you to get out of him. And when the unclean spirit had torn him, that word torn is literally the verse convulsed, okay? Had convulsed him. This was something that, you know, he just didn't say, oh, okay, I'll just step aside. No, another thing, he tore at this guy. It was a ripping. It was a painful thing for him. As a matter of fact, even the demon cried out with a loud, loud voice, he came out of him. Now notice verse 27. And they were all amazed, and so much that they questioned among themselves, saying, what is this thing? What new doctrine is this? Because Jesus spoke, and there's that word again. What is it? Authority. Spoke with authority. All right? Now, again, you have to understand the mindset if we're going to grasp the meaning of what's going on here. For 400 years, there was no prophet in Israel. From the close of the book of Malachi until John the Baptist came on the scene, 400 years in there, nothing from God. No prophet, no new word, no anything. And so the only thing they knew is what they heard from their scribes, what they heard from their rabbis, and, all, and oftentimes it was not so much the law that was being taught, it was what they were adding to the law and, all, and communicating to the people. So they were just coming, and in many ways, they were just hearing the opinions and preferences of their teachers. But here, Jesus comes, does something, authority over the spirit world, we have never seen, we haven't heard of anything like this. What new thing is this? And you know the thing that I, that I like about God? Many times in Scripture, when you see where God is working, it's a new thing. It's something new. It's something fresh. It's something lively. Everything. I love over there in Revelation and all where it talks about a new song, a new world, a new heaven, a new earth, all those things. You know, what God does, God does right. And he does so by authority of who he is. What new doctrine is this? For with authority commanded he even the unclean spirits, and they do obey him. You know, I just wondered. I know it's later on in the gospel narrative. But you remember that time, everything, when somebody tried to remove the demon? And all from somebody and they said you know we've heard of this one we've heard of Jesus we don't have a clue who you are and what happened to that guy they turned on that fella they beat the soup out of him you know didn't have the authority to do so but here Jesus comes along and just speaks the word you see and they have to obey you know that is the authority of God now I want you to notice here verse 28 and immediately his fame spread abroad throughout all the region round about Galilee. A medium, his, his, his fame spread abroad. Most commentators agree that what got out was just word of what this guy was doing. Not so much about Jesus, but man, demon got thrown out. This happened, this happened, this happened. And of course, you know, that was, you know, what Jesus was doing here. He was teaching by object lesson. You know, I'm going to make you fishers of men, but we're not going to sit in the class Monday through Friday and go through a book and everything. You're going to follow me, okay? And you're going to get hands-on experience on what needs to be done, you see. And folks, listen, that's where we're at. 
Are we to study the Word of God? Sure we are. Are we to try to grow spiritually through the various resources that we can grasp hold of, whether it be radio, internet, whatever like that, the books that we can read? Absolutely, there should always be a time that we seek to grow in our personal walk, in our knowledge of Jesus Christ. Why? So that we can be the most effective servants we can. Because that's all, who He's called us to be. He called us to be servants. To serve. Jesus Himself said, I haven't come to be served. I've come to serve. And you know, prove tells us in Philippians chapter 2 that the mind of Christ is to be in us. And that mind is the mind of a servant. He humbled Himself, you see and became a servant to the will of his Father. Now let's pick it up in verse 29, if you would. So right after this um, uh, exorcist, I guess you could say, take place, right after Jesus and all dismissed this demon from this man, and all we see that forthwith, when they were come out of the synagogue, they were coming out, and, all, and again, I remind you, what day was it? It was the Sabbath day. That was where Jews would be found on Sabbath. They would be found in the synagogues. They would be studying the Word. They would be in there together, okay? So, so we're, we're getting, you know, what, what things look like here. So when they were come out of the synagogue, so now we're, we're, we're starting to move toward the evening, they entered into the house of Simon and Andrew. Simon, Peter, Andrew, they were from Capernaum, okay? That's where we see Jesus approached them you know, near the Sea of Galilee, and said, Follow me, I will make you fishers of men. James and John were also there. But now notice, Peter's wife, Simon's wife's mother, lay sick of a fever. Okay? Anybody here ever had a fever? Okay. Have you ever had one of those fevers and everything where you're just almost delirious? I mean, you just didn't know what was going on. We've all had the fevers where, you know, 101, 102, something like that. Thing, but I'm talking about one where people are just sweating and they're almost out of their minds. That's what that word fever means here. That word fever literally means to be ablaze. Ablaze. This woman was hot, okay? Oh, this wasn't a fever that just popped up and everything. This is something that was going on. And it, it was a raging fever to the point that probably she was, uh, she was to a point of being delirious. And anon, they tell him, Jesus, of her. And he came, and he took her by the hand and lifted her up. And some time later, the fever left her. Thank you, Nathaniel. I appreciate that. The rest of y'all were sleeping. Nathaniel was. He was following right along there. Notice there. He took her by the hand. He lifted her up. And immediately, the fever left her, and she ministered unto them. Now, I'm going to take that and tie it into verse 32 here in just a moment. But allow me to paint this picture of what's going on. So it's the Sabbath day, all right? Jewish people are in the synagogues. They're studying, they're going through the Scriptures and all. Jesus comes in, teaches authority. And in that synagogue, there's a man possessed by not just one, but evidently many demons because of the word of us and we, all right? So Jesus, of course, dismisses him, shut up, get out. They're amazed at his teaching. And so now we see they're coming out of the synagogue, which would be toward the end of the Sabbath. And please keep in mind that all Jewish days are different than ours. 
okay? The Jewish day ended at sundown, okay? Or would it be around 6 p.m., 7 p.m., such as like that, where ours doesn't end until midnight. So there's about a six-hour difference here. So they're coming to the evening. They're coming to the evening. They're coming out of the synagogue. They go back to Peter's house. You know, doesn't tell us what for, but we just see that his mom has really come down sick. And so Jesus went over, grabbed her hand. The fever left. And she got up. What's significant? Well, if you'll notice here, it's toward the end of the Sabbath, okay? And if you remember, there was a Sabbath, one of the many Sabbath restrictions was that you're not doing any work. You're not doing anything. You remember back in the old covenant and all when they came out of Egypt and they were out in the wilderness and God provided manna each day? You remember that? Well, what did God say? You know, you, you get just enough for one day, right? You get enough for Monday on Monday. You get enough for Tuesday on Tuesday. You get enough for Wednesday on Wednesday. But when Friday came along, what were they to do? Two days. Why? Saturday, Sabbath. You don't do any work, you see. You don't do any work. And so here we are at the end of that Sabbath and all. Doesn't say that the Sabbath was totally over because verse 32 kind of alludes to that. But nonetheless, Jesus healed on the Sabbath. Say, wait a minute. Thought you're not supposed to do any work. Thought nothing was supposed to go on. Well, let me just ask you something. You want to tell God that? Okay? I mean, what was the Sabbath for? The Sabbath, you know, the Bible says that the Sabbath was not created for man, but man for the Sabbath. Okay? So in other words, the Sabbath was a time, a Sabbath was a time, and all for man to totally focus on God. And what better way to be focused on God than to see God do healing? Okay? What a tremendous thing, you see. So Christ, was he breaking the Sabbath? No, man, he was just showing himself. And all they were there to worship God. They were there to honor God. They were there to see God. And you know what? God showed up. God showed up in this. Because in verse 32, well, let's go back to verse uh, 31 for just a moment. So what happened? You know, immediately the fever left her and she sat in front of the TV, right? No, didn't happen. She ministered unto him. She ministered. She served unto them. You see? The servant's heart. Now, yes, that was, you know, a, a woman, that would have been typical, okay, in a woman's house and everything to serve, to make sure everything was right, make sure there's a meal and everything. But nonetheless, everything, she ministered unto them because of what Christ did. We see the servant's heart. Her, she was willing to give of herself because of what Christ gave to her. And folks, isn't that what we see? Isn't that what we see? What Christ gave to us and all himself? He was a redemption, his blood shed for our sins and all. How can we not be servants unto him? How can we not be servants? How can we not see each day as a gift and all to be his light, to be a witness that others might come to know Christ as Savior, you see, because he has given. Now let's move on. And at even, okay, now we're fixing to go out of the Sabbath into the next day. By the way, may I just say this very quickly. Everything Sunday, not the Christian Sabbath. It's not. I know a lot of people think that and everything. Sunday is the first day of the week. It's the Lord's Day. We are here today and everything because we are honoring the resurrection of Christ, that he came forth on the first day of the week. That's why we assemble the Sabbath. It's still Saturday. Given to the Jews who still recognize it and abide by that, 
But the Bible tells us and everything that Sabbath is not in a day to us as believers and everything that Christ is our Sabbath. The word Sabbath means rest. Am I right, Eric? You know, Shabbat. It means to rest. Where is our rest? Our rest is in Christ. You see, He is our rest. It's not in a day. It's not in a place. It's in a person. We find rest in Him, you see, knowing what He has done for us and the position we have because of the new birth. So in verse 32, when the sun did set, they brought unto him all that were diseased and them that were possessed of the devil and, the, and all the city was gathered together at the door. It wasn't the Sabbath anymore. There was no Sabbath restrictions. There was nothing like that and all. It was a new day. So guess what? We're heading out this way. And we're coming to the place where Jesus is at. They're bringing everybody that is sick, diseased, possessed, you see, because of the authority that Jesus displayed. Verse 34, and he healed many that were sick of divers diseases and cast out many devils and suffered not the devils to speak because they knew him. Hmm. Remember back in our beginning of our text, shut up, get out. No, don't say anything. A couple things I think we can look at here. Number one, is that Jesus was not going to allow the profane to speak to that which is holy. Even though the spirit world, even though those demons knew who he was, you were God, you were the Son of God, you were the Messiah, they, they, they knew who he was. No, not coming from your mouth, it's not. But also, do you remember in Jesus' ministry, there were a number of times when he said, my time's not come yet. My time's not come. It wasn't time for him to be revealed as the Messiah. It wasn't time for him to be revealed as the as a sacrifice he would do that not some demon not some devil he would do that you see and so that's why you see that he suffered not the devils to speak you keep your mouth shut my time's not come I'll reveal it when I'm ready and when the time is right but again what are we seeing here the over the spirit world casting out the devils telling them to be quiet and also over the physical world, he healed and drew out the fever. Of course, we know as we look through the ministry of Jesus and the Gospels and all, raise the dead, blind to see, hearing to hear, the lame to walk, and all. All kinds of things. Water to wine. Authority over the elements even, you see. So we're seeing Jesus' authority, and that is what Mark is going to focus on. And folks, here's, here's the lesson for us today. Here's a lesson for us. When we do that in the power of God, when we do according to the leading of His Spirit, when we set self aside and don't trust in self and say, I can't do this, but you know what? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You know what? We'll see God work. And God will work in tremendous and wonderful ways. But if we continue to sit back and say, we got this, we can handle this. We can make this happen. Then you know what? That's as long as it's going to last. Us. But you know, His work's to go on. Amen? His work's to go on until He calls us home and everything. And let me tell you, there's probably not a believer in this audience today that isn't ready for the Lord to come and everything. I mean, if, just be honest, okay? Let's just be honest. If the Lord came before the service is over, I don't think anybody would be disappointed. Do you, Wally? Uh-uh. We're ready, you see. We're ready. 
But here's the bottom line. If he doesn't come, he's left us here for a reason. And that is to be his light and to be his witness. Seek out those ways you can do that. Ask God to give you somebody this year and everything that you can share the gospel with. Whether they accept or not, that's his business. Our business is to tell, amen, you know, in the authority of Jesus Christ. Would you bow your heads this morning, please? Heads bowed and eyes closed.